Oh, did you just snap the finger? Oh, that was a great add in. Perfect timing. I had to. Good timing with that. (laughs) So today we actually have a special guest. We do. Who just snapped his fingers, Mark Meek. Say hello, Mark. Hello, it's great to be back. Third time's a charm. (laughs) (laughs) Mark's a veteran guest here on MLO, Brie. Yes. But this is the first time you've been able to be on the show with him. It's my first time with Mark, so I'm so happy to have you here. Thanks for coming. Absolutely. It's going to be fun. (laughs) So Mark is a financial advisor. Do you have anything else you want to add to your intro? I don't want to steal your... (laughs) Financial advisor, uh, father, husband. That's pretty much all I got time for nowadays. You're a great dad. We know that. 15 handicap. That's about it. You're down to 15 now. <laughs> That's Good right. For you. It was 28 You're going to have to start wow. giving me strokes pretty soon. Yeah. Not yet. We'll get there. Well, I want them. <laughs> and if you're willing to give them, I'll take them. So, Bree, what are we talking about today? Today, we are talking about debts and we're talking about how to manage them and, and how to manage our wealth going in, you know, into 2021. Yeah, it's really big. With 2021, we're almost two months through the first year here, maybe a little further by the time you're watching this. Uh, title of the show, actually, for this episode, Three Ways to Improve Your Finances. And the original article that we reviewed and dissected and wanted to share had five, but we're bringing it to three kind of just standard, solid, get on base hits. Right, right Mark? Yes, sir. Keeping it simple. I put a sports little thing there. I don't know if you caught on. I that. caught it. <laughs> Got me in the zone. Oh my gosh. Too fun. So three together, super important. Rather than five or right. ten or ten things you need to know about blah blah blah, which is really tough to bring together. We're gonna focus on the top three. And the first one is really the consumer debt. So everyone out there might hear that term consumer debt. What does that mean? It's what we owe as citizens, I guess we'll say, you know, credit card debt, auto loans, student loans, your mortgage. These are all money that we owe back to somebody. Mm-hmm. Right guys. Right. Right. So I wanted to really dive together with Mark basically to hear his perspective as a financial advisor. Yep. How are you walking through and prioritizing debt? Because I have to hold the, the reins back on myself because I'll go into like credit card debt and this and do that. Or, but I want to hear from Mark's perspective, how are those conversations going with your clients? Yep, absolutely. And I'm sure we've all been in a place where we've had some credit card debt that we weren't necessarily proud of or kind of wake up January 1st and not necessarily like the balance that we're seeing And, you know, to kind of bring a little perspective, everyone, I've got the pleasure of talking to a myriad of people every day, you know, pre-retirees, in retirement, young professionals, business owners. And the one theme based on 2020 specifically that got brought up more than anything last year is debt. Mm -hmm. And um, it's, it's been very interesting because, as you well know, we're in a historically low interest rate environment. Mm -hmm. And I, people are really starting to think about the debt that they carry and through that debt, which is the debt that they should be attacking mm-hmm. and getting the balance paid down. And what's the debt that, you know, we would all probably consider good debt. Mm-hmm. And uh, from a priority standpoint, you know, one of the things that I find important, we follow the board of certified financial planner curriculum. Mm-hmm. And if we're planning the right way for our clients, There's really, you know, when you think of a financial advisor, you think of investing, savings, offensive planning. Uh, But, you know, as you know, we have to start with defense. And, you know, we call it risk management. And just 
kind of using that sports analogy, going into a game, mm-hmm. doesn't matter how great your offense is. If you don't have a defense on the field, you're probably not going to win. Right. So we like to take care of some of the risk management planning, estate planning, insurance planning with our clients first. Mm-hmm. But then that's when the debt comes in. Because a lot of people feel that once that's taken care of, they jump right into saving and investing. But we call it basically optimizing, right? If we have free cash flow, mm-hmm. what is the decision that we make of how much goes to paying down debt and how much goes towards something that's going to actually appreciate? That's that's a lot to swallow right there. But I, I would say right off the bat, what I'm thinking too is most people are, how am I going to prioritize my debt? And I think and this is something I've worked with you on this practice, Mark, and learned from partnering with you is yeah. let's look at what where the bleeding is right off, right off the bat. And most consumers out there are going to relate to the credit card debt being number one, basically because it's typically the highest interest paid right. that you owe. So that's why most people don't ever get those balances down. They're just stuck at 20, 25, 30% interest and it drowns them. Minimum payments of two, $300, right? And yep. it doesn't tackle any of the actual debt. It's just paying interest. Right. Paying interest to go backwards. Yeah. And I would say on this section, I really want people to sit down and prioritize their debt by interest paid to start with. I think it's a really great exercise of what you owe. You list out, hey, $5,000 in credit card debt. I owe $12,000 in my auto loan. I either rent or own. This is what I owe on my mortgage. Yeah. And look at the interest rates and really just take a little bit of time to see what the balances are and how much the minimum payment is. And I really loved hitting the highest interest first. Right. Highest interest on any debt first should be your primary focus, in my opinion. Right. And sometimes, you know, people come to us and they say, you know, hey, I've got five different credit cards, right? And they have different interest rates to them, but one's really, really high. So I want to pay that one off first. Well, what's the interest rate on that one? Because mm-hmm. even though maybe your other ones are 30 or 40% of the balance of the limit, which, yeah. you know, we've done credit shows on here and, mm-hmm. and there's a lot you can Google on credit uh, part of it, but, but, the ratio of how much you owe relative to the limit on your credit account is huge. So right. sometimes people come and say, well, I'm going to pay this one off first because it's the highest balance. That's a great intention. However, mm. if that one has an interest rate of 12% and your other car- credit cards are at 15 to 29%, mm-hmm. let's divvy that up a little bit. Yeah, that's Absolutely. a super good point. A lot of people get stuck on like, oh, I've got 10000 to your point distilled zero percent interest on this ten thousand and they're wanting to pay that off but they're paying 30 on a lower balance and they're sinking and still so good i love that you brought that up anything to add on that end mark yeah and you brought up a really good point and it seems counterintuitive but i think of the federal student loan interest Mm -hmm. moratorium Mm -hmm. that's going on right now right and a lot of my clients kind of their first take is hey let's take advantage of not paying any interest and really chop down the balance. Mm -hmm. And yes, I mean, depending on your financial position, there's an argument for that. Mm -hmm. But if you're sitting there and you have $10,000, $12,000 of consumer debt, that's typically in the 20% interest. But even if you have a really low, you know, car payment, Mm -hmm. 4% interest, you know, we would absolutely just, if you believe in math, want to want to tackle that first, even though it seems counterintuitive, if you think about it emotionally. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. And you brought up the car payment thing because that's a really relatable, non-credit card, non-threatening yeah. subject, right? <laughs> so real, what 
a lot of the auto loans that I look at on a credit report when I'm originating mortgage applications, sure. I will see a very standard like 25 to 35 grand for an auto loan. Average in our area, newer cars working, right? right. That's a median right. guess. But typically you're going to be paying about $1,200 to $1,400 annually on interest only for that loan. So it's a really easy takeaway of like, well, I'm probably paying one or $2,000 in interest mm -hmm. on my car. How could I use that more effectively? Am I going to invest that money into something that makes me more than what I'm saving on that? So I think it's a good perspective mm -hmm. that you're paying a few grand a year on your auto loan. And if you're got $30,000 you've saved up and you want to dump it into say a stock. Why aren't you attacking this first? I, I don't know, Mark, anything on that? Yeah. And that's another really good point. It, it mm -hmm. does really matter or depend on what they're trying to accomplish and what the first priority is. Yep. But before making any kind of decision, we always look at interest rates right. and you know, it also not even interest rates, what we would consider good and bad debt. Mm -hmm secured, unsecured debt. Now that's one of those things that, you know, personally for me, I think it's silly if people want to pay off their mortgages, mm -hmm. if they're mm -hmm. sitting on a 2.7% rate. Mm -hmm. Right, right. Um, I, I mean, Completely. would you think that's silly being in the business? I mean, we are on the modern. That's a whole nother episode. <laughs> but, it, it is, you know. but it's a fabulous point. And I couldn't agree with you more. And, mm -hmm. and a lot of times people come to me and say, Hey, Bray, I want to do a 15 year to pay off your mortgage faster. Why? Like, you know, there are so many other things that you could use mm -hmm. that money to invest in that will actually benefit you more from a financial standpoint than paying that off. Absolutely. And, right. and really what you have to look at if you're considering this at your, you know, on your own yeah. balance sheet mm -hmm. is, you know, looking at the end of the day, mm -hmm. what is going to make the most sense mathematically. It's so hard right. because the emotion mm -hmm. of like just debt doesn't feel good. Right. But I've just kind of made the personal philosophy decision that, Hopefully, I'm always carrying some kind of debt at some capacity yep. that's collateralized mm -hmm. with an equity building vehicle that is growing faster than the debt that I'm paying. Mm -hmm. I For feel sure. like if that spread's always there, us, our clients are going to be in great shape. Right. Well, and I want to roll to, because that's the first segment, we just covered consumer debt, but the second mm -hmm. segment here of three for the three things to impact your finances, 2021, I I'm super excited for Bree Fisher, mother of mortgages here to talk about kind of the family perspective, pandemic, budget changes, taxes. Give me what mama's got. <laughs> thanks, Addie. And thanks, Mark. Uh, yeah. So the past year, you know, we've taken on everyone, obviously, and, and parents have taken on immense and instant challenges, right? We have reduction in pay, possibly a loss of going from a two income household to a one income household on top of the kiddos being home more often. Yeah. And what that means <laughs> is the lights are being left on, right? The water's running more often. Oops. And those little guys snack all the time. All the time. <laughs> All the time. A lot of goldfish crumbs in my couch. Always hungry. A lot of goldfish. So, you know, those expenses have increased while a lot of people have experienced reduction in the household income. So we've been, you know, on pivot more than mm. an NBA player with the basketball in game seven of the championship. Love um, the sports drop. <laughs> Me too. Fantastic. Just, yeah, right. Constant pivot. So first I want to say, you guys, well done, parents. Well done. Okay. You've gotten through the last year. We can continue doing this. We really can. Uh, and with that, with a, you know, sometimes it feels like I'm not doing this. I'm a colossal mess. It's, we're, 
we're not making this happen, but you know what? You are, and, and you're doing great. And in that colossal mess, sometimes some of us have taken on a little more debt in the last year to manage the different the challenges that we've had. So no matter what your current money situation is, I promise you that you can make beneficial shifts today that will improve your finances. So what I'd like is I'd like you to give yourself, your household, 30 minutes one time a week for the next four weeks. And I'm going to go through the next four weeks. Hold on, I'm writing this down. 30 minutes. 30 minutes, one time a week. One time per week. Mm. For the next four weeks. Four okay? weeks in a row. And I'm going to go through each week. And this is what I would really like you to do uh, to, to try to you know go back to the budgeting and such, even with all of the challenges and, and changes that you've had at the last year. So the first one in week one, I want you to spend 30 minutes and I want to write down, I want you to write down all of your expenses, every single one. And you say, Brie, that's super easy, right? I've got my house, I've got, you know, car, gas, food. No, no, no. This is the challenge to write down all of your expenses. So oftentimes when people say, I don't know where all the money went, right? Or I don't know why I'm not paying off my debt faster. The reason is, is because so many expenses come up that we're not accounting for, even in our savings or emergency budget fund. And what by this, what I mean is doctor visit copays. Usually budgets, budgets don't include that. Grandpa's birthday, AAA memberships, um, Amazon Prime membership. Um, Go cost, Prime. Everyone's right? got Prime. Everyone's got Prime. Um, and depending, I mean, that could be 100 bucks a year, right, or so, which yep. is um, flea medicines for your pets, right? We hardly... It, count those in our budget. (laughs) So all of these little things, what happens is, is when we're not accounting for all of those, you're actually taking on debt and moving other expenses around, which is increasing your debt to best manage those. So I want you to take a piece of paper, however you you categorize things, write everything down, your housing, gas, car, you know, every, every utilities, everything on one piece of paper times that by 12, right? So whatever you have every month and that's a total. Then I want you to take another piece of paper and I want to write, I want you to write down all of the other expenses. Okay. Uh, DMV renewal, soccer registration fees and soccer shoes for, for kiddos, haircuts, right? Things like that, that we don't normally put into our budget. We just put into an emergency fund, right? All that together and then just leave it, right? That's all you have to do is just write it down week one. All right. Uh, important. If you're coupled, I want you and your spouse to write it down separately, not together. Ooh, I like this. Right. This is a little thing I love doing uh, mm. in my own household because it, it, it it's funny how, and we'll talk about this in week two. Um, so we'll leave it at that. <laughs> write each and you and your spouse write it down separately. Don't even talk about it unless you know he or she needs to say, "Hey, how much is the car payment?" If they're not, yeah. you know, making the payment. So don't even talk about it. Let write down. Here we go. Week two. Week two. I want you to compare notes with your spouse. Okay. So review. <laughs> to give a little time to. Yes. It's important. I want simmer you to, time. Absolutely, simmer time. Simmer time. Simmer out. Simmer out. So week two, I want you to review your list again. Is there anything you forgot? Is there anything in the last week that came up? that we have to add into that because that can, that happens quite often, mm-hmm. particularly right now. So I want you to compare. Now, I, I want to hear from you guys, right? Because 
it is so funny to see the spouses come up and say, oh my gosh, you're spending $200 a month in coffee. That sounds like a lot, but a few bucks a day adds yeah, up. That really adds up. It really adds yeah, up. Yeah. So this isn't a judgment time whatsoever. Uh, be kind to your, yourself and your spouse. And you know this is a time just to assess and move forward. Uh, so let's do that. But compare the two. And then after you've compared the two, I want you each to eliminate one expense. If you cannot eliminate something, if you're down to the bare bones with what you're what you're paying for now anyway, take two of them and see how you can reduce them in half. Okay, that's week two. Now week three, I want you to have your most recent pay stub, your uh, most recent W two and tax return with you. How much of a refund did you guys get last year in your IRS taxes? Okay, the average American gets a refund of $2,800 per year on their mm. IRS tax refund. Mm -hmm. Now, Beautiful. you guys, that's a, you're, you're giving the government a free in, interest-free loan every year. They're not paying you at the end of the year a bonus. Thank you for being a citizen. That's your money. They're paying you with your own money. So let's take that back a little bit and see how we can use that to reduce our debt now and get further ahead. So once you, once you have your W-2, your most recent pay stub and tax return, go to irs.gov and search for W-4 withholdings. There is a calculator in there that you can use to find out what you need to use on your W-4 with your employer to get zero back, as close to zero as possible. Mm -hmm. Here's why. The average tax refund of $2,800 Right. If we divide that over the course of a year, it's two hundred and thirty bucks a month. Two hundred and thirty dollars a month covers all the coffee you need. All the <laughs> coffee or the extra pay down or of goldfish. debt, which is where we're going, right? Or yep. goldfish. Uh, let's say in the expenses that you have eliminated that you did in week two, add up to fifty dollars a month. I'm not asking you, you know, not not suggesting we eliminate a huge amount of debt, a little bit of it. Mm -hmm. So we've got $230 a month from a tax, IRS tax savings from our changing our W-4 withholdings. So there's more coming home every single month to, to balance our budgets and to work on our debts and mm -hmm. savings. All right. So we've got about $50 a month in expenses. Maybe, maybe you have left less, maybe you have more. And we have approximately $230 a month from the IRS tax refund that now we're putting into our pockets instead of, instead of our government every month. 280 bucks, right? Let me give you an example of how you can use this. And of course, any of us are your loan officer, financial advisor, uh, tax accountant can help you with this as well. But if you have $280 more per month in your pocket, and let's say you have a car payment that's $400 a month, and you've got three years left on the loan. If you take that $280 a month and you apply it as a principal, a principal payment, additional payment on your car payment, you're gonna pay that off in 18 months instead of three years. So what does this do? If I said to you, hey, if, if we knock, you know, if we take the, the W-4 withholdings, save a few extra coffees a month, and before Christmas of next year, you're not going to have a car payment, that's a pretty great situation to be in to help the family, uh, you know, piece together what's happened in the last year and continue to build wealth. That means that by the end of next year, you're going to have $400 more a month to play with, plus the $280 a month that we were saving to get there. Yep. Plus less interest paid. Less interest paid. And that's how we're going to pay that car off faster. So 
making those little adjustments, they should be able to be made for most families and, and, and no matter where your income or debt situation is. Um, and then after that, that's three weeks. Three weeks, guys, so an hour and a half, 90 minutes. Then I want you to wait 30 days and then come back after 30 days for week four. And in week four, you guessed it, we're going to review our expenses again. Right? We're going to see where we are, see how we did the last 30 days, see what our spending was, see what our income was, and if there's any adjustments. And the key here is to review your budget and your expenses and your income frequently because we all have income changes. We you know, have illnesses that come up, uh, situations that come up. It's okay to get off track. I'm sure that all of us get off track. I know I've gotten off track before, but the key is to get back on track and you can do this. Yeah, that's a good point. Just to jump in real quick, I want to hear, Mark, what's your perspective with retirement people? Because everyone's at different stages of your life. You got me, millennial, no kids, married five years out of the gate. You got Bree, mother of mortgages, has the motherly perspective, family perspective. Mark, you get to deal with all different people. Talk to me about retirement and different stages in life. I'd love that perspective as well. We got you for a few minutes. And honestly, I think it's really good just to touch on one thing that you mentioned. And it's, it's tough because when people come in and talk to me, a lot of times it's, it's more uh, reactive than proactive, Mm -hmm. right? It's, it's more like, Oh my gosh, like, I feel like I'm not doing something right. I feel like I'm leaving opportunity on the table. I should probably talk to a professional to get some perspective. Sure. Sure. And a lot of times I unfortunately don't really tell them anything that they didn't already know, Mm. but it's so tough because whether it's retirement savings or whether it's just shaving off a couple hundred dollars a month of interest, it's so cliche, but Rome wasn't built in a day. (laughs) And at the end of the day, we've got decades, you know, especially our age before we're going to be quote unquote retired. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, as long as you are winning the month, If you're just, even if it's $2, $10, $20, if you are slowly improving, you're going to turn around five, 10 years later, and you're not even going to recognize your balance sheet. Mm -hmm. You're not going to recognize your bank account. But it's so hard because that process, most people are going to give up on it if they don't really remind themselves why they're doing it, because it it is going to take a year to really feel that impact. So it's music to my ears that you said that, because that's also the same thing with retirement planning. And I think about last year as a really, really interesting opportunity for people to truly look at their spending because, you know, a lot of people spend money on vacation and going out to eat, going to bars, Mm -hmm. more Mm -hmm. social leisure activities. And it, it was a truly a sticker shock for people when I was having my annual reviews like, Mark, I'm not gonna lie, I was really scared this year but I spend so much less money and uh, just by, you know, staying at home, being a little bit more conscientious of where my dollars are going. And the number one thing I would say, Addy, to answer your question Mm -hmm. about how it's pertinent to retirement savings, the the stat that I came prepared for to share with everyone today, because I wanted to think of something to, you know, glean some insight. There's a study by Ernst & Young at the end of 2020 that says only 56% of people who are eligible to enroll in an employer-sponsored retirement plan are actually choosing to enroll. Mm. And usually what that means is that they are giving up free money because what I want to encourage, and Bree got me fired up, is I want to give some homework now, even though I won't be on <laughs> next week. But 
if if you are sitting at home or in the car and you are thinking about what Bree just said and and want to make some of those incremental changes right. and you aren't enrolled in your retirement plan at work, mm-hmm. please call HR, check your employee handbook and see what it would take, what you need to put in mm-hmm. to get the maximum allowable match. Yeah, that's one easy call. It's free money. In, in one easy email to HR or your payroll. There's people that sit there and answer these questions, right, Bri? One easy e- email. Do your W four withholdings. Mm-hmm. Look at the four hundred one k and what the and sign up for the four hundred one k. And then also, you guys, an FSA account. An FSA account. If you're taking pre money pre tax and putting it in for health care and child care, mm-hmm. I've seen people save a thousand dollars a month. Excuse me, a year, just by doing that. And and so, great, great, great uh, point, Mark. Yeah, yeah, Mark, knowing that we had only got a couple more minutes sure. here, if you were to throw in two more things, what else is on your list of must shares and then anything to say about self-employed individuals? That's awesome because that was my next uh, point because I feel bad. You know, I work with a lot of business owners, entrepreneurs, and yeah. if they're watching me on the show, be like, hey, Mark, what about us? Like, we don't have a corporate benefits package. We don't have HR. Right. Um, <laughs> but, you know, My wife's HR. Right? <laughs> yeah, she handles it all. You know, you're not going to get a match. But another incentive that a lot of people don't think about Mm -hmm. is that retirement savings, yeah, the primary focus is that we're saving for retirement, having compounding interest work in our favor and prepare for the future. But a lot of times people are more incentivized to save in retirement accounts for income tax reduction purposes instead Mm. of future savings purposes. Yep, yep, yep. And so, you know, if if anybody, any of my self-employed listeners out there, are if they've heard of a SEP IRA, mm-hmm. that stands for Simplified Employer Pension, mm-hmm. you know, traditional IRA, there mm-hmm. are mechanisms out there that you can put money in that's going to lower the amount of taxes that you might owe, especially if you're like myself that sometimes forgets to pay quarterly taxes. And, uh, you know, it's, yeah. uh, it's a good way for you not to have to write a giant check at the end of the year and put a little bit more in your pocket. Now, obviously, for compliance purposes, I am not a tax professional, you know, so you should consult a certified public accountant. Yep. But I think mm-hmm. this is worth you asking your CPA resource or anyone that's going to help you file your taxes. Absolutely. It's really important that everyone has an environment that they can trust and hear the real scoop. And yeah, we got to buffer some things with tax accountant or, you know, some you're a financial advisor, but we're not. We're mortgage advisors. Right. But having an honest perspective. And man, it's just so impactful to hear the three summaries of organizing that debt, mm-hmm. The mother mortgage approach with families budget like sit down and go through those the four week steps and i will never forget the simmer line make sure to assess <laughs> simmer that i had that on my notes simmer uh that was a really good one and then mark's feedback on the retirement and making sure that you're taking advantage of any matchable employer stuff reducing your taxable income as self-employed so those are really awesome three steps guys i I really am excited that we distilled it down and hopefully there's some real takeaways here today. Absolutely. And if you have any questions or need some advice, where can they reach us? Yeah, we do have that VIP line number. I'm not expecting Mark to know it, but (laughs) I'm going to write this down. Yeah. You can call or text us at any point. Uh, You could reach Bree Fisher, myself, the rest of the MLO team at 503-847-9038. And thank you so much for everyone joining us today on the MLO show. Of course, Bree Fisher, Mother of Mortgages. Thank you. Thank you very much, Addy. And then Mark, thank special you. guest. Say goodbye. Say thank you. Bree, You're out. It was great to be on the show with you. Yeah. I'm looking forward to the fourth visit. Hopefully I can come back. 
Absolutely. Love it. Absolutely a blast. So until next time, everyone, we'll catch you later.